0: Hi, my name is Joe Hancock, founder of His Vessel Ministries, and your host for Becoming His Vessel podcast. Often saying this thing called life, I may not always get it right, but my heart is to get it right. So my heart's desire is that this would be a resource for me as well as you, that we would be formed by God's Word, filled with Father God, and just poured out for His glory, truly becoming His Vessel well at the recording of this podcast i'm sure you are aware of the continuing war in israel and how does that impact our life and so many things are coming at us right now things that can be confusing things that can be a distraction we wonder which side of the fence to get on there's protest in the streets in buildings people are responding to situations Many times out of fear because what's being promoted through social media and the media. And so what do we believe? But more than that, how do we respond or how do we engage in the moment? What are we to do as Christians? Well, I want to speak to this situation in Israel and I want to talk about how we respond. And at the end of this podcast, I'm going to give you some very specific things to consider and or do. Because, see, you can't respond in obedience unless you really know what the facts are, unless you know what's going on. And right now, we're not in Israel. We are not privy to the discussions that are going on among the leaders. And so, what do we do to remove ourselves from the confusion that is whirling around us. And we need to ask questions. So are we asking the right questions? You know, that's a big thing. Many times questions are coming at me. I'm getting a lot of material sent to me. And so how do you know who to believe and what to follow? Well, I want to say this. I want to give you the backdrop of how to view everything that is coming at you, me, on the media, America, take to the state of Alabama, which is where I am, how do we view this so that we stand in righteousness? Now, at his vessel ministry, I will tell you, from the very get-go of this war, I could clearly see that here in our territory, in Alabama, I'm sure in your territory where you are, we are on a three-front battlefield. And what do I mean by that? There's a battle going on in Israel, but we're not blinded by that to think that it's just over in Israel. We are here in America, and we got to see what kind of battle is going on in America. But even in our own community, our own territory, we reel it into our state and realize that even in the midst of what's going on in Israel, There's a territory to protect here in Alabama. And so everyone from our vantage point that feeds into this war, that speaks into this war, we should have an interest because it will have a direct impact on how we live in our individual cities simply because of the nature of what this war is all about. So let me give you a backdrop. And this is going to be a big overview, just so that you have a vantage point of how to work your way through the information and know how to pray, know how to respond, hey, and even know how to communicate with other people. And I want to keep it simple. I know because we're not physically on the battleground in Israel, God wants us to be very discerning. God wants us to know our position, where we stand in this, and God wants us to know how to pray. Many of you, I, including, we're on prayer calls every day praying into this situation. How do we know if our prayers align with the heart of God? How do we know how to pray? Hey, how do we have time to pray for all the things that are coming at us? It can be overwhelming and sometimes you can throw your hands up and say, this is too much. I can't do this. And then the third thing, how do you protect your territory? And that comes in how you respond. Let me go back right there and make sure we're clear. You got to know your position, where you stand in this war. You got to know how to pray and then how to protect your own territory. So here's what we ask. Where are we in this war? What is this war all about? What's really going on? And who do we trust? Whose voice do we trust? And I will tell you right now, even in America, people are siding up. They're getting on certain sides of the issue. Well, we want to know, are we on the right side? Are we in position? Well, I want to go back all the way to Genesis 1 and 3. And first thing we do, the backdrop of this, is that God created this earth. And the reason was that God wanted a place that He could dwell, where He could come out of heaven down here and dwell. And so He created Adam and Eve, that they would increase in the land so that God would fellowship with His people. And his people would worship him through this fellowship. They would remain holy. God is holy. And there would be worship between them. But we know what happened. Sin came. And so what did God do? Let's jump over. Remember, this is just an overview. But God, at one point, told his people who had been taken captive because they had wandered away from God. God said through Moses in Deuteronomy 1, verse 8, God says, that I have set the land before you. Go in and take possession of the land that the Lord swore to his fathers. Who was that? The fathers of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give to them, and who? To their offspring after them. So we see that God designated a land. He wanted his children, his people, the Hebrew children, the Israelites to go into this land and to possess it, but not just them at the present, that their offspring after them. So, what was it? They went in and possessed the land. Why did God want these people to go in and possess the land? Well, he answers that question in Deuteronomy 12. And in verse 10, and I encourage you, listen, go back and read all of this in context. I'm just giving you right to the point here because I want you to see the big picture. But he says in Deuteronomy 10, 12, But when you go over the Jordan and you live in that land, the land that the Lord your God is giving you to inherit, And when he gives you rest from all your enemies around, it's so that you will live in safety. Why? To make his name dwell there. There you shall bring all that I command you. And in verse 12, he said, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God. Take note what is happening. They were to go in and possess this land this land that we know now as Israel. But why were they to possess it? It was so that God's name would dwell there. And they were to make God's name known. They were to keep God's name as great, and that is what they would rejoice in And they would rejoice before the Lord their God. Not in their self-sufficiency. Not in their self-prosperity. Not in their own vain selfish ambitions. They would rejoice before the Lord their God. So this is why God gave them the land so that they would go in and worship. But God's people turned their back on God. The Babylonians came in, took the land from them, helped the people captive. In a foreign land, but now, we see through the prophet Malachi that they had been able to return to the land, return to the homeland. And through the prophet Malachi, he speaks to the people, and he says in Malachi 1:11, "From the rising of the sun to its setting, my name, God's name, will be great among the nations." And in every place incense will be offered to my name, and a pure offering. Why? For my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. And then he says in verse 14, For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name will be feared among the nations. That word fear is to be reverenced above all names so God's people are being reminded you're back in the homeland you are to worship God but it's to make his name known and to make his name great so here's where I want to come with all of this in the midst of everything that has been going on that is going on and that will until Jesus comes back is that there is a battle going on between two kingdoms And Colossians 1.13 clearly tells us that there are two kingdoms. There's a kingdom of darkness and there's a kingdom of light, a kingdom of God's Son. So we've got a battle going on between dark and light. And in this dark and lightness, in this kingdom, there's a ruler over each kingdom. We identify who the rulers are. Over the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God's Son, we know God is the ruler. And the people under that are to worship God or to make his name great. But we also know at the same time, at the current time, in the kingdom of darkness, we know the ruler over the kingdom of darkness is Satan. He's the father of lies. He is the great deceiver. He is over wickedness. And so what is Satan doing? He is in a battle. There is a spiritual battle going on, dark and light. Satan's kingdom and God's kingdom. And we saw this going on in Matthew 4 when Jesus, coming out into his public ministry, he went up, he fasted for 40 days. He comes off this wonderful time with the Lord fasting, and he's confronted by Satan. What? The kingdom of darkness. And he is tempted by him. And Satan says to him in Matthew 4, he says, The devil took Jesus to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And Satan said to Jesus, All these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. What is this battle about? It is about the worship and whose name is going to be made great here on earth. And in this battle... It takes the land for the people to establish the worship before God. And what does Satan want? He wants the glory. So what we have to understand as Christians is that the spirit of the living God lives within us. And within us, God has given us through the Holy Spirit ability to discern light from dark. Which ruler, God or Satan? what is right and what is wrong. And so in this battle, you first see there is a battle going on in the heavenlies. And it's all about the land. And it's about whoever owns the land controls the people. Because whoever controls the people, whoever the people worship, is a better way to say it, whoever the people worship, their name is made great so can you see now why there is such an all-out front battle going on in israel why for the land why do they want the land they won't control the people if they control the people they will tell you who to worship. And Satan only wants you to worship him. Satan wants to be lifted up that kingdom of darkness over the earth to be worshipped and his name to be made great. But we know because the spirit of the living God lives in us, First Thessalonians, we are told in chapter 5 that we are to do not quench the Holy Spirit that is in you. Do not quench the Holy Spirit, but we are to test everything. We are to hold fast what is good. Hold fast what? To what is righteous and abstain from every form of evil. In other words, the Spirit of the living God, as we know God and as we fellowship with God, And as we worship with God, the Spirit within us will give discernment to know. If we don't quench the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will give us discernment how to pray, how to respond to this war, and where we need to be, the position that we need to be in. So, what's the test? We need to look As we see the media, we look at the social media, we hear the accounts, the stories of what is going on, we need to discern and be able to recognize which kingdom is this coming out of. And we do that accordance to God's Word. You know, because people are saying, well, I don't know who to believe. You can trust the Holy Spirit of God that's in you. So, coming specifically to this war, as we said here From our vantage point, it's not just a war in Israel. It's a war in America as well. It's a war in Alabama. Why? Because different people, different situations, different structures are playing into the operation and the outcome of this war. So what do we pray? We know we pray for the leaders. Why? Because they're the authorities. They're going to call the shots. We know that we pray for the people. Hey, the people in America, the people in Alabama, the people in Israel. And then we know we pray for the land. Why? Because the, it's a battle for the land. People keep asking, why is the land such a big deal? Well, I can tell you, I go back to that same point, whoever owns the land will impose their rules on the people. And whatever rules they impose on the people, that is who will be exalted in the land. God's name or Satan's kingdom. And so how do we pray for our leaders? We pray for wisdom. We pray that they have wisdom what to do. They need great discernment. And listen, you pray the word. I look to the book of Hosea, a minor prophet, In chapter 14, in verse 9, he said, Whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whoever is discerning, let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are righteous, and the upright walk in them. But the transgressors stumble in them. See, this right here can tell us how to pray for the leaders in Israel, how to pray for our president in the United States, how to pray for our Congress. What do we want them to do? We want them to be wise. We want them to be able to discern what is the will of God and then do the will of God. Walk in the ways of God. Do what is righteous. And and I will tell you, wisdom is knowing what to do and doing it. Now, righteous is the key thing, not just doing what is right in a situation, because just by doing right sometimes may not be righteous. And we know that from living in America, we have laws that declare rights, but they're not righteous. They don't line up with the heart of God, the ways of God, the will of God. So we pray that our leaders will be leaders of wisdom. That they will walk in the ways of God. They'll desire the will of God. And they'll, they'll know it and they will do it. And they'll speak up. Even in the midst, if they're a minority, they will do that. Because when Hosea spoke this, it was the time of judgment for the people. And he was appealing them to return to God. Do we not need that in America? Do we not need that around the globe? That people know God? that they'll come to the heart of God. You know, I'm praying in the midst of all these people that has been brought into our nation that are not Americans, and we don't know who they are. We don't know their heartbeat. We don't know what their motive is. But yet they are here in the land. We're praying they'll know God because if they learn to know God and come to God, their heart will line up with God. And so many times I look to the book of Daniel. Why? Because Daniel was one who obeyed God. He was devoted to God. He knew God and he followed God. And even while he was in captivity, he obeyed God. He continued to offer his prayers before God. And Daniel's heart was set on God. And Daniel prayed this, which gives us a knowledge of who God is and how Daniel himself knew God, even in the times of captivity, even in the tough times, Daniel prayed, blessed be the name of God forever and ever. He didn't pray blessed be the name of King Nebuchadnezzar. No, blessed be the name of God to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times And seasons. He removes kings and he sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and he gives knowledge to those who have understanding. He, God, reveals the deep and hidden things. It's God who knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise. For you have given me, Daniel, wisdom and might, and have now made known to me what we ask of you. For you have made known to us the king's matter. See, it is God. Daniel so knew God that he sought God for wisdom. He sought God for understanding. He knew that God was the Almighty. That's how we can pray for these leaders in Israel, the leaders around the world that are traveling to Israel or that are in negotiations for or against Israel, or America, what we are intervening and doing for or not. Israel, this is how we can pray. God, you're the God of wisdom. You impart wisdom and knowledge and understanding. So that really simplifies our praying, doesn't it? Once you know what's really going on, we don't have to get confused about the different leaders and what they know and what they don't know. We just know, okay, this is a spiritual battle. We know which side of the battle to be on. We know the whole purpose is to protect the land so that God's name can be made great as we worship Him, as we are free to worship Him. So let me give you these five points. First thing you need to do, ask yourself, what is the end result to make God's name great? The end result is that God must rule, not Satan, That the people must live free to worship God, not in bondage, and the people must be able to live in their territory in safety. So you filter what's happening through all of that. But point number two, there's a warning. The warning is, don't lose sight of the spiritual battle. While we look to see what is happening out in front of us, look behind you to see what is really being plotted and schemed. And here's what you identify. If it's righteous, if it's works of light, then you pray into it and you can line up with it. But you look to see what is happening. Are these works of darkness? How do you know if it's darkness? Well, manipulation. He never manipulates Is this situation being manipulated? Are people being intimidated and through intimidation being forced to control or conform to something they don't want to do? Are things confusing? Is everything so confusing that people just can't discern what's really going on? Are there plots and schemes that are promoting darkness? Are people doing this out of a heart of hatred? God never works out of hatred. He works from a heart of love. you got to remember, not everything is going to be logical. Why? Because God tells us through the prophet Isaiah. He said, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways and my thoughts are so much higher than you. And I will tell you, knowing that, we should not be surprised how God moves and responds to protect His name, how He moves and responds to protect His people, how He moves and responds to protect His land that He has given to His people. Third, then you pray very specifically according to the will of God. What is the will of God? And then you pray into it, putting Scripture on it. Point number four, knowing that your source of strength is a heart that is set on knowing God. And when you know God, you know His name. And what do you do? You invoke the name of God. And then, like the prophet Isaiah said, in quietness and confidence shall be my strength. Why? Because you know God by name. You know that He is the Lord of hosts. And up in the unseen world, in the spiritual world, God has an army, a host that is fighting for His namesake that are fighting on His behalf, and we as Christians, we, followers of God, He's fighting on our behalf. We just need to stay lined up with the heart of God. And then, point number five, never assume that your territory is safe. And it is protected. And you're always free to lift up God's name, to worship God's name. And that the enemy would never come in and invade you and take your territory. Never assume that. And I will tell you one way that voices that we we are living in assumption of that is our lack of prayer. Our prayerlessness says so much about how self-sufficient we may feel or how secure we may feel in our territory. See, just because the enemy is on the land in Israel, we should never assume that that enemy would not want to take our territory as well. I believe with everything within me, we pray now, even while we pray for Israel and we see what's going on in Israel, we pray now to in preparation in arming to protect our own territory. And then point number six, you firm your faith. You firm your faith. The prophet Isaiah said in chapter 7, verse 9, he said, if you're not firm in faith, you will not be firm at all. See, we need to stand. We need to stand now while the battle isn't just right on top of us, but it could be approaching us. But we firm up our faith now. So that we'll not be overtaken by fear. Because fear is a manipulator out of the kingdom of darkness. So, I beseech you, understand what's really going on in this battle from God's point of view. Then line up your heart, line up your prayer, and line up your response according to what's really going on. And I'll tell you, the heart of prayer of God's people, understanding the will and the way of God, lining up in the kingdom of light, in the kingdom of God's Son to make His name great, God will move in with a force that's greater than us. That's what we want to see, a but God moment. Thank you for listening to the Becoming His Vessel podcast. If you'd like to receive more resources that would help guide you in becoming His vessel, I invite you to visit our website at www.hisvessel.org. If you'd like to connect with me directly, I would love to hear from you. You can reach me by calling 334-356-4478. And my prayer is that you would seek to love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your strength as you seek to become His vessel.